We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, And I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week, we will be discussing college esports. Just as a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice, as all of the information is for educational purposes only. This week's guest is Cody Elson. Cody is the head esports coach at Northwood University. In this role, he handles all the recruiting and player scouting for the university's competitive gaming varsity program, including the team's their Fortnite team, their CSGO team, their Rocket League, and Overwatch. Prior to that, he was the founder of Sable Esports, a highly successful esports organization. Fable Esports was fabled back in the day. So, Cody, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, Jacob. No problem. You know, it's good to finally connect. I know you've been really busy on the whole recruiting spree. Yeah, I've actually uh, I've had a lot more time now with the whole pandemic, so... A lot more time to do this kind of stuff right now, <laughs> confined to my house. Yeah, so, you know, to briefly introduce college esports, um, in addition to youth and high school esports that we've discussed, college esports has been growing strong. Currently, there's over 200 colleges in the U.S. and Canada that are actively recruiting and offering scholarships for esports and a variety of games. And these colleges really compete against each other in different leagues and tournaments for scholarships, prizes, and even prize money. Similar to the way that, you know, an SEC or 
ACC team, college football, basketball team competes against other schools. It's at a variety of different schools, including Robert Morris, Miami of Ohio, um, California, Irvine, University of Utah, Arizona State, University of Arizona State, and even University of Oklahoma, who has created their own Shoutcaster development program. Additionally, the National Association of Collegiate Esports, NACE, was created to help the overall development of college esports. Right now, that organization has you know, 170 different schools in the U.S. and has 5,000 student athletes competing in a variety of games, including Overwatch, Rocket League, Smite, Fortnite, and League of Legends. Another organization that has really sprung up is called TESPA, and they host their own collegiate tournaments across 270 different schools in North America. And they compete in a bunch of different titles, including Overwatch and StarCraft II. Another really popular organization is the Collegiate Star League, CSL. And this league has 70,000 students across 1,800 colleges competing in a bunch of different titles, including League of Legends, Dota, CSGO, and Smash Brothers. And in fact, some of these events are even part of DreamHack. Finally, you know, college esports has even gotten so big that it might be televised, such as part of ESPN's college esports championship series. But overall, one of the largest, you know, competitive college scenes is for College League of Legends. And that's actually run by the developer Riot Games and has over 350 teams competing across North America. And, you know, it's really developed into a pretty big powerhouse and a lot of interest is there. So in addition to, you know, college esports developing in the U.S., there's also been an expansion across the globe, including to countries like Brazil and France and Spain and England and Germany, where each of these countries have kind of created their own competitive college gaming circuit within their own country where different universities within Germany compete against other ones in different titles. So, yes, you know, the college esports has really kind of started to develop and came front and center. So, Cody, tell us a little bit more about your past esports experience. How'd you get to where you are? Yeah, so I used to play, well, my first real taste for esports, uh, well, it wasn't called esports back in the day, competitive gaming was uh, a game called Gears of War back in 2007. I used to play competitively. Uh, yeah, that long ago. So that was my first taste for it. Uh, I used to scrim, go from school, I used to scrim from like 3 o'clock to like midnight every night. Um, go to events. It's crazy the difference it is now. Uh, we used to five of us would pile in a hotel room, drive across the country to play for five thousand dollars. Versus now, these guys are flying all over the place, and the game developers are covering the cost, and they're playing for millions and at sometimes. Um, that's where I got into it. I loved it, um, and then I went through high school, college, and wanted to get back into it. So I saw the opportunity with how esports orgs were growing, and I started Fable Esports. And uh, we grew that uh, to a pretty good size, considering we had no private equity investors, no funders other than me and my best friend, Phil. Um, Very successful teams in um, Gears of War, Rainbow Six, Counter-Strike. Probably most notably was right before we... uh, um, Right before we sold the org, it was uh, our Fortnite roster, which had Bizzle, Enzo... Uh, and a bunch of those guys that are now on phase ghost um and that was fun and then that led me to realizing that i wanted esports to be my full-time job so it took me about a couple of years to figure out what i wanted to do and that's where i landed on the collegiate scene where i saw the the amazing amount of growth and opportunities 
Um, it's a great relationship. Um, uh, the esports for education. Number one, a lot of universities are struggling with enrollment, so it helps get enrollment up. Number two, it does help uh, create opportunities for uh, young men and women um, with scholarships. And number three, I think it is. Uh, I think esports will be right behind football and basketball in terms of popularity of a collegiate sport one day. Um, I, I definitely do because technology is not going anywhere. Um, and it's, it's more accessible uh, globally now. So that's how I got to where I am today. Um, kind of my quick overview of path, but I, I, I'm, I'm pretty much uh, dead set on staying long-term in the collegiate scene. I think it's actually the most stable scene right now, um, even compared to a lot of the professional leagues. So I'm pretty excited to be where I'm at right now. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, Northwoods esports program. How did it start? So uh, I'm actually from Midland, Michigan, where Northwoods located. Uh, my wife and I had moved back to Midland because um, we wanted to start our family and all of our family, my, her family, my family's in Midland. And I still was working for the old golf companies to work for as a territory manager. And I did that for about a year. And then I found out that Northwood, the, the university in town, well, I wanted to start a competitive esports team. And um, I reached out, I applied, I uh, went through the interview process, and that's how I ended up at Northwood. Um, and yeah, no, it's been a, let's see, it's been over a year now, the program's been up and running. And I'd say we probably, I don't know exact numbers because universities are pretty um, hush hush, but I'd say we probably have the biggest recruiting class in the country, I would say, pretty confidently for this for the next fall. Um, we'll end up having over 30, maybe 40 incoming freshmen just for the program alone. And those are all kids studying a variety of degrees from our esports manager degree all the way to just normal marketing, MIS, cybersecurity. Um, but yeah, that's how I ended up taking the Northwood job was uh, moving back here and just happened to be the uh, perfect storm. Um, They're looking to start a uh, program right when I moved back, basically. So, yeah, you started to mention, you know, recruiting. Tell us a little about the process. How do you kind of go about this? So I actually am totally different than I'd say 95% of collegiate esports directors and coaches. Um, most of them rely heavily on um, the high schools with, the, with programs to recruit or like these Discord servers, the HS, the high school esports league, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I really don't. I've never gotten a single kid actually from a Discord server like that. Uh, I actually just have, honestly, I just have pretty decent social media following and uh, connections um, when it comes to the pro scene, semi-pro so pro scene, amateur scene from like just being in orgs. And I've basically been able to handpick kids that most of these schools won't even find. Um, so right, like my roster for the fall, for example, um, you know, we're in middle the middle of Michigan, right? Midland, Michigan. And I've got I've got recruits coming from Texas, New York, New Jersey. So you're like flying them in and housing them like the way a traditional football team would house. Uh, not necessarily not necessarily not necessarily. Um I actually <laughs> a lot of them that had their, their their flights and stuff scheduled, uh out of state kids had to cancel it because they're supposed to come in in April. So uh, I got all these kids ended up doing a virtual tour and they ended up committing anyway. Um, but before that, yeah, I had, uh, you know, right, right before. But like once they commit, like they would be flown in and put up and giving like the way you would a football player on your team. Uh, pretty similar. Yeah. We have, a, we actually own our own hotel that's on our campus. So we utilize that a lot. We board people there. Um, but yeah, their families come in with them. They do a traditional signing day. 
Um, so we do assigning pictures, all that stuff. Yeah, very, very similar to any typical collegiate sport with the commitment process, with visiting and with uh, the usual uh, show of pictures and kind of show off. I do not, not a lot of programs do that. I do that because it's a proud moment, I think, for the kids to get a scholarship for something that um, a lot of times these, these kids were kind of, you know, it, it, it's, it was a esports and gaming was until re- very recently kind of taboo um, and looked down upon. And it's now getting to that legitimacy where um, I, I dealt with that growing up. Part of why I do what I do is I dealt with it for my family, my friends. They're like, all you do is play games. It's so stupid. It's a waste, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I, I just want to show off uh, for the kids. I want them to be able to show off what they're accomplishing in case that's happened to them. Because um, it is a pretty big deal to earn a scholarship to a university. You know, at the end of the day, yeah, it's esports and we treat it seriously. But at the end of the day, it is video games. They're earning scholarships yeah, for playing video games. Like, it's a really proud accomplishment. And, you know, I think that it's great that you guys approach it like the National Signing Day where they get the recognition of choosing their hat and getting that photo and shaking their hand. Absolutely. So how do you kind of determine what games you guys compete in? Well, I mean, I I only recruit games that... So if it's a team game, so it's team-based, like let's say uh, Smite, League of Legends, Overwatch, it has to have some sort of an established backing with infrastructure and some sort of scholarship money. Then we go into it. We have to see the demand, we're a recruiting path to, can we actually field a team that's competitive? Is there enough people looking to play uh, you know, League of Legends in college, which obviously there is. And then... I also, there's some games that I recruit for that don't have a collegiate scene right now. Um, a lot of these are individual games like uh, NHL, FIFA, Madden. There's somewhat of one, but it's very small. And the reason why I still recruit those kids is there's no reason why I can't slot these individual kids into these the normal tournaments as everybody else. It's a lot easier with one, one individual versus a team of six, right? So we still have them compete in the normal NHL, Madden-like professional circuit tournaments that's with that but that's how we determine it. it's got to have some sort of demand right some sort of sustainability um like obviously i'm gonna start recruiting for a valorant team soon we know that the game's not going to go anywhere right you saw the hype with it is there gonna so, be an uh, nba 2k league where all the, colleges kind of get is, five on five there is one right now like there's a lot of colleges that are doing nba 2k the problem is there's not really a uh a support system and infrastructure Probably right now do. at the collegiate scene. And oh my God, trust me, I've seen it. Cause if they did that, like our, our school is not that large, right? We have like 1200 kids. Um, I mean, I have oh, a lot of the athletes at the school, like want to play so bad. There's so many people that play NBA 2K and they could, they could definitely fill up a league with, I'd say at least a hundred schools that would have teams. Um, but I don't think that's their priority right now. So okay, Ronnie 2K, you hear that? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm just saying, like, and, and I know from uh, the, the couple of the directors and coaches I'm friends with in Michigan, they have same thing. They have people that want to play, but wh- where are we going to have them play? That's the problem, right? You can't, you don't create a, you don't, you're not going to create a football team and not have them play anything all year, right? Um, and rep- not going to have your, them not represent your school. So it's hard to recruit for a game that there's not a scene, but my goodness, there is a demand for it. Trust me. Um, Someone just got to do it, or if they just give the license to somebody that can operate it properly, um, they don't have to worry about it, and they should do that. Because a lot of these operators don't even ask for financial support um, from the developer, other than maybe a couple of pr- promos to promote that they're offering it. 
but a lot of them have backing right now from sponsors to create their own uh, scholarship pool or prize pool, prizes, whatever they decide to do for the game itself. Um, yeah, I'd love to see that game. It'd be great. I mean, it would be, trust me, that would take off. I, that would be, in my opinion, the most popular collegiate esports sport game by far. Okay, well, you know, I'm definitely a fan of the 2K League, so I hope that there's some rub off from that. So what's a little, what's a typical day like for, you know, a varsity college gamer? What, what does like practice five days a week? Like, what's it like? So my, every school is different, right? So I don't really, art practices, practices aren't that intense being the fact that they all play no matter what they they play a ton of hours a day besides the practice time. It's more so just setting up scrimmages and going over, uh, reviewing stuff that happened, talking about what happened in the scrim that was good, what was what was bad. So a lot of them, like my guys, for example, most of them go to class from 9 to 2, and then practice is 2 to 5, and then some have a class after, and some are done for the day after. And they're just, um, playing, at, they're just playing at night because that's what they want to do anyway. Yeah, that's why we don't, do, we don't make it too intense. They're, they're all going to play anyway. And uh, um, in the game like Rocket League, for example, uh, I mean, we have Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday matches anyway, so they're playing outside of practice time quite a bit already. So, yeah, no, they're not, it's not, they're not super intense. I don't think, I think most schools um, aren't super intense about it. Some of them have a physical fitness element to their program, which um, I definitely want to do a better job of this year of incorporating a little bit. But at the end of the day, like my whole theory is these, yes, they're coming as varsity athletes, but they're not coming to Northwood to work out five days a week for two hours and doing stuff so uh there's a little more i'm more so i'm more so focused on the mental health side of things that's what i'm going to be starting to do which is yoga um giving them resources to talk to counselors and that kind of stuff like how I think that's way pressure more, and all that kind yeah of i think it's way more important than um to me than necessarily making them go run laps for an hour uh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. And honestly the other thing too is i tell them like look like they're adults right they they there's three gyms on campus like you want to go work out you can go work out yeah right? go take a half hour 45 minutes to go get some whatever in but like exactly and that that's what we that's that's my philosophy i know some coaches are a little more intense with it and i'm, I'm not i'm definitely relaxed on that aspect for sure so what unique benefits do you feel like the, your college university receives from having you know this kind of program at their school um, well, I think we've gotten a lot of exposure to like, getting the name Northwood out there. It's not necessarily, uh, a name that, I mean, like it's, it's, if you know, um, like the automotive industry, Northwood is one of the best and largest automotive business schools in the world. Um, that's their flagship is automotive. They, we actually host the largest outdoor auto show in North America on campus. That's run by the students every fall. Um, and it's just kind of expanding from just like being known for automotive and uh, a couple other things like that. That's a big benefit. Number two is obviously enrollment, right? We're, we're creating another, I mean, year four of this, right? You're talking about the roster size of a football team, basically, we're going to have. Um, I think that's huge, the enrollment side of things. And it's, uh, it's causing our university, I think, to expand more into STEM degrees because traditionally we are a business school. Um, we have a ton of business degrees and then we just added cybersecurity and we already had MIS, but it's, I think it's causing them to look into more stuff like data analytics um, as a degree. That's not just business. So I think it's been a benefit that they don't realize, but it's causing them to look around, but definitely I think the enrollment, 
the the, the brand the branding um we did build we built one of the best uh, facilities in the country in my opinion um and that is a huge show-off piece when they're doing campus tours and stuff it is it is awesome something awesome to see um what we built and yeah i'd definitely say enrollment's probably the biggest thing for sure um and i've got a pretty i'd say pretty uh promising recruiting class where um hopefully i can get the school their first national championship in something this fall um so yeah those are those are probably the main things branding exposure and then um definitely the enrollment aspect so what kind of you know benefits do you find working with this demographic the college age kids is there anything different than when you're working with the professionals oh god yeah uh <laughs> definitely um honestly they're about the same to work with believe it or not i don't think that gamers are that difficult um i think there's a couple like examples of people big names complaining about their contracts and this kind of stuff and that kind of gives the professional athletes a little bit of a bad rap but in my experience i think it's about the same with working with professional versus collegiate in terms of uh um how they act and how they stress because there's, there's definitely egos in both and uh half of the battle i think any a general manager from a pro team or collegiate coach say half of the battle is managing egos um but yeah i'm trying to think what else between the two is a major difference um obviously the skill level um i found that it's way more it's way easier to coach kids at the collegiate level than the professional level um they definitely recognize the fact that they're not professionals and are willing to try new things versus um well i know what i'm doing so like yeah, let me do it definitely easier to to correct habits at the collegiate level versus the professional level for sure um but yeah i, th- I think those are probably the two main the two main differences yet not differences at the same time um which might be refreshing to hear because a lot of people assume that uh the oh my god the professionals must be so much harder to work with it's like no not really i mean honestly they're pretty all down to earth like there's a couple couple of bad eggs i'd say here and there but that's going to be in both scenes you're going to have that there's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner bet online nascar is back and bet online has hundreds of other games events and sports to get it on you can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24-7, or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And live right now on BetOnline's YouTube channel, you'll find an exclusive interview with ex-Chicago Bulls' Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling The Final Dance. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. So are like, you know, standout high school gamers being steered towards the collegiate or professional teams like the NFL and NBA? Like, how does kind of the whole pipeline work? So it depends. Okay. So I'll give you an example. One of my recruits is, he goes by Cowman. Um, He is in the Contenders League right now in Overwatch. Uh, and he's committed to Northwood in the fall. Now, the nice thing about the collegiate scene is they can do both and balance it pretty well. So I, I'd say that they actually have the opportunity to do, to do both, but it takes a driven student and a, and a highly academic student to do both. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's a ton of them that are being steered towards college. I think there's a ton of them that are being steered towards pro leagues, but there's a there's this overlap of kids that are going to do both. Um, I, I just think that the 
if if you get if you're if you're at that level where you could go pro um at the collegiate student changes are you're going to get at least half ride maybe two-thirds of ride and possibly a full ride it's silly not to take that because your professional career is only going to be so short and then I'll, I'll listen to some of them say okay well my pro career is done i'm going to go be a streamer there's only so much what about so your pro career is done can you go and then play college yeah you can play whenever you want but the to me the best thing to do is to do both it's really not that demanding at the collegiate level where they can't because a lot of times the collegiate stuff is done by like six or seven o'clock and then a lot of them like will scram from like nine to eleven which that's a lot of gaming but if you're driven enough you can do it um and but but you definitely do see a good balance of kids though i've noticed that still go to college but go professional they don't play in college um that's another thing as well and i'm okay with that too um i want to see people get educations i want to see people better themselves so if uh if a kid told me like no i don't want to go to northwood or i want to go to northwood but i don't want to play for you and they want to continue their pro career i would totally support them um because i think it's i just think it's important to get that education um I mean, honestly, and then this is <laughs> the, the, the a bachelor series, in my opinion, becoming more so important because a lot. And the reason is a lot of people have bachelor's degrees. You have to have that or you will get absolutely just uh, looked over in jobs and opportunities. So you got to get that degree. And the quicker you get it, the better, um, especially from the, the business side of things with esports expanding so much. Um, we're going to see a lot of uh, job growth in the next three to four years, I believe. And you want to be ready with that degree uh, to get that if, if your career is done. Because um, uh, let's be honest, outside of League of Legends, Counter-Strike, let's see, uh, Fortnite, I'd say right now is pretty sustainable. What esports, professional like esport leagues, can you say are going to support somebody for the next six or seven years? Because I can't, I can't really name any to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I mean these uh, games you really get that education. Well, and they they all assume that they're gonna like, oh, Lau's a professional. Um, I was verified. I'm verified on Twitter now. I've got twenty thousand followers, and I think they're gonna be able to support themselves streaming. And oh, there's so much competition with that. You can't. You have to have such a unique personality to blow up. Um, you you, you just can't. It's not sustainable. You got to get that education. Got to get that degree so crucial and that's why like we have the esports management degree and i'm hoping we can attract and we have honestly attracted a lot of high level um gamers that would not have gone to college and would just continue to pursue their pro careers or their professional streaming aspirations um but now they have a reason to go to college right because that's enjoyable to them so Mm -hmm. that's one reason why we created it as well is we're going to get this group of people that are smart, could go to college and decided not to because nothing interests them and they're they have other uh goals. But if you're a professional gamer or a streamer, well what 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 interests you is improving your knowledge of the esports industry by getting a degree in it. So that's where I think that degree is going to be successful for us. Yeah, I mean I think that's a really good point. I mean you can look right now too my recruiting class. So I've got I've got one player that's in RLRS right now for Rocket League, right below RLCS. I've got one that's a pretty, one of the largest Rocket League Twitch partners um, who's played um, in tons of leagues. I got one that used to be an RLCS sub coming in, and their goals are to be professional players in Rocket League, those three are. But they can go get a degree and still pursue that at the same time. That's where that degree has been powerful for those three. Um, so yeah, no, it's gonna be it's it's great. I'm excited about it, and I'm excited that I'm at a school that was willing to invest in. It as well, so what are the future plans for the program? 
Well, the esports program. So our goal is to not only just be a hub for the best, one of the best varsity programs, but we want to have one of the best facilities at all time. Uh, we want to have, we want to have a program that, um, let's just say, like it's stuff I can't talk about yet, but we definitely want to be one of the biggest event hosters in the country when it comes to collegiate esports, um, and we've definitely got the backing for that, which is awesome. So you'll start to see some pretty large collegiate land events hosted by us. Um, that's kind of the goal is to create, we, we want to create what we have with the automotive industry, which is we have that market absolutely down. I mean, we have so many um, alumni in the automotive industry. Yeah, we want to do forward. that. Yeah, it, it, big companies like that. And a lot of them are dealership uh, families too. And we want to have that same network with gaming. And one reason why that, the automotive side of things was so successful for Northwood was the auto show. And we want to create that same experience for esports in the collegiate scene. Um, run by our kids, run by our students, a huge event with tournaments, booths, um, just different activities and stuff. And hopefully you'll see that in the next, you know, year or so. Awesome. So, you know, one more question. So how big can college esports become and how? Oh God, it could get so big. It's nuts. Uh, it's going to continue to grow. I mean, I mean, right now, go look on Hitmarker Jobs, LinkedIn. It might not actually show as much right now with what's going on, but I would say almost every single day there's a new opening, either an established program for another position in the eSports program or a new program starting in the country. Um, I think you'll see all the private universities almost in the country have it before the, most of the public universities go varsity, but I do think this is going to be a top three varsity sport in college when it comes to viewership and total numbers um in the next probably three or four years everybody plays games um because people ask me all the time like oh do the the, the, do the traditional athletes on campus like look down on the, the kids i'm like no they all play games right like, they want to play Fortnite they, with these kids oh, oh my god they all you know how many football players basketball players soccer what players tennis players i have come they're like how do i play can i play on the team and it's like no because you can't like you know, there's no way you can balance two varsity sports at once but Oh, there's so many. They all want to play. Hmm. Everybody, they all game. This is like 18 to 22 year old average. Yeah, this is what you do. They all, game. they all game. So no, nobody looks down upon it, right? And it's only going to become more and more accepted um, as uh, the time goes on. Honestly, uh, as more and more as bad as more and more younger people, or I shouldn't say younger, but more and more people from a younger generation get put into higher levels, middle management, upper management, the more it will get accepted. Um, it's just kind of that older generation is the last one to really get around to it. And I think they are um, slowly, but eventually we're going to get to a point where everybody knows gaming or has had some experience with it. And once that happens, things will absolutely explode. And there's, I mean, that's the thing too, is like, if you're going to, if you're launching a new tech product, right? What would you go advertise this tech tech product? Let's say it's a new, uh, I don't know. Um, we'll, say something, we'll say something simple, right? A headset. Well, not even a headset. We'll say something simple that normal people need in their computer, but gamers do too. Let's say it's a, a new hard drive, right? Like, uh, like, And if there's something awesome about it, you're not going to go advertise that at Ford Field in Detroit on the Lions Stadium. Like, You're not going to buy a billboard. You're going to freaking pump Twitch ads, ads with Twitch. You're going to pump ads and uh, gaming websites for it, right? Because those are the people buying it. So there's a lot of advertising dollars that are going into the scene. And that's the other thing, too, where you're going to see these companies investing more in it. 
who's going to buy that $3,000 gaming rig or that $400 gaming chair one day? It's the kids that are graduating from college that are in the varsity esports program that are going to have money and going to have jobs. So there's a lot of money from the from a from a financial aspect from these big companies that they're starting to see is going to be there. It's a it's some it's some of the long term investment. Um, like if you look what like MSI is doing with Missouri, um, I don't think MSI is necessarily getting immediate returns on their investment with them, but I think that they're going to for sure because all those kids that go through their program are going to be familiar with their products and buy that product most likely. Um, so yeah, I, I think that there's no limits to it really. I mean, <laughs> new games come out all the time. Um, and, and there's such a variety, like a level of a skill difference. I, I like with my program, I have in Rocket League and Overwatch, I think I have in the fall, I will have a top three Rocket League team in the country and a top five Overwatch team. But I also have players in both of those games that are completely newish to the game, but love it. So there's a huge like aspect of, of, um, or a huge range of skill and I think that's powerful as well because you only see the elite of the elite going to play football but a lot of these colleges are really accepting because at the end of the day you, you, yeah okay you're, you're 18 and you're coming out of high school and you just decided to pick a basketball well you're not going to go play basketball at college and you can't grow a foot to like be 6 feet 5 7 foot tall you're not going to do that but with gaming I can take you at the age of 18 and over a year I can teach you how to be pretty decent at a game a couple of years, pretty damn good. Everybody can learn gaming. Everybody can learn it, no matter who you are. Like, it's, it's just so powerful. That's why I love it, and that's why it's not going to... It's just not going to slow down. I just don't see it slowing down. Awesome. So, you know, I like to end every, you know, interview my three favorite, my three questions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what's your favorite game to watch? Ooh, that's tough. Um, honestly... I am obsessed with Rainbow Six. Um, I think it is a tactical shooter that takes a ton of skill, but the thought process is is pretty brilliant into the game. Um, but that would be a definitely a close tie with Rocket League. Um, I love watching Rocket League because it's so simple and everybody can understand it. I can go put a Rocket League stream on and my wife, who's never played the game before, understands it in 20 seconds what's going on. So I like to watch that as well. So it'd be a pretty close tie between those two. Okay, so you know what's your favorite game to play? Uh, Overwatch, for sure. Um, I don't like to watch it. I find it boring, but I like the... Um, now, it depends. Like Most people that don't like Overwatch don't play it correctly. You have to play with at least a party of four. Um, ideally, a full roster communicating. Or yeah, you gotta team. have your team to win. Yeah, okay. exactly. And that's fun to me. Um, and I have a lot of my... Uh, and, and, you know, selfishly, it's one of my favorite games because a lot of my friends play it, right? So um, we might be all around the country now from when we are in high school, but we all play Overwatch still and get together. So I like that aspect of it. And I, I think it's uh, cosmetically, it's one of the best games that's ever been created. Um, it's so relatable, the unique characteristics of uh, the, the heroes in the game. Um, I think it's fantastic. Uh, so I, I definitely enjoy playing. Nice. So, you know, who's your favorite video game character? You know, Mario, Luigi, Pikachu. Yeah, I'm going to go back to the Gears of War days. I like, uh, I like uh, probably uh, Coltrane, Augustus Cole from uh, Gears of War. Uh, that was when I was, uh, you know, a freshman, sophomore in high school. His lines in the game Gears of War were hilarious. I loved uh, Coltrane from Gears of War. Um, Anthony Carmine in Gears of War as well. If you want to go more 
if you want to go newer, uh, a more modern um, game, I would say <sighs> I'd probably have to say Reinhardt in Overwatch, uh, just because of the, um, the how underappreciated <laughs> Reinhardt is, and it's fun to play. I love the looks of Reinhardt, um, voice lines in the game. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'd probably that those would be my. If you want to go back to like my all-time favorite, I'd definitely go back to the Gears of War days, but modern definitely Reinhardt from Overwatch for sure. Okay, awesome. So you know, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, tell no us problem. Thank you for having me. Tell okay. us where everyone can find you. Uh, well, you can find me. Uh, you can email me with regard to college, Elson, E L S E N C at Northwood.edu or my Twitter. Uh, it's just at Evolve E V O L V E. I'm pretty responsive. More, I'd say more on Twitter. Um, <laughs> it's hard. I mean, I'm hard. I'm. I'm it's no secret. I'm. He's the busiest to, man in college esports. I'm pretty hard to get a hold of. That. Yeah. Well, it'll be a lot different too because uh, right now I'm I'm pulling all the strings and doing everything myself. And this fall that won't be the case. I'll have the cast of me and probably four other program, which will be oh. very very nice for me. <laughs> a lot of time, more time that I can focus on specific aspects of Northwood so okay so you know thanks everybody again for tuning in and make sure to follow me on Twitter Justin J-E-S-Q and check Apple Podcasts for all our past episodes Sugar Ray Leonard Roberto Duran Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com